we could do the normal preview thing of, well, here's how this team can win. Here's how that team can win. But let's be real. Does Wisconsin have any shot this weekend? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, welcome into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson, and thanks for making the show your first listen every single weekday. Before we get going, today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more lines, props, and odds than you could ever imagine. So head on over there right now, Bet Online, where the game starts. Coming up on today's show, we're talking to Jacob Rood about everything going into Wisconsin and Ohio State. That's a lie. It's not everything. It's very, very few things about what we think Wisconsin could do to potentially pull off this upset. And if you're going through it in your head right now, yeah, you're right. The list is not all that long of possibilities in which Wisconsin ends up winning this game. But we'll get creative with Jacob and try and figure out some scenarios or possibilities as to how Ohio State could maybe find a weakness or be exposed by a weakness that they have here on this team, but it's looking really, really tough here between the Badgers and the Buckeyes here on Saturday. But we'll see what ends up happening. Before we get to any of that, though, the latest news from around the Big Ten. Biggest story of the day is that the Big Ten men's basketball schedule is out. So if you, of course, have your team and you want to know when they're playing in the big games, you knew a lot of the dates, but now you can know what channels you're going to be watching them on. First Big Ten game in the season is December 2nd. It's the same as how the women's schedule goes. They're going to have that one little week there, a 10-day stretch, just like they did last year, where you put in some Big Ten games in December. Get everybody a little taste of what's coming at the new year. First game will be December 2nd. It's Illinois and Maryland. It'll be on Big Ten Network, and they say it'll be at either 7 or 9 p.m. Eastern. I First Big Ten game of the year, you'd think they'd be able to have a time out there for it, but not quite yet. That's the first Big Ten basketball game of the year. Again, if you want to go, you can head over to BigTen.org and check out. It's, as of right now, of course, today here, the most recent post out there, and then you can go look at the PDF with all of your school's games on it. All 140 Big Ten basketball games will be broadcast nationally this year. I Don't think that's a change from last season. I was trying to think why any wouldn't be there last year, but point is you're going to be able to watch your Big Ten basketball this season. Will not be a problem. The other news from around the Big Ten, of course, Big Ten football tonight. Illinois and Chattanooga doing battle. Uh, Illini shouldn't have much trouble here. Chattanooga is an FCS team. They're a really, really good FCS team, but it's an FCS team, and it's nice to get a reminder here that Yes, Big Ten teams should be beating SEC or FCS teams big, big, even though that hasn't really been the case as of late. But you should be confident that Illinois is at very least going to take care of Chattanooga. Wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout. I'm not looking for too much on offense in this game. Chase Brown, I think, is going to have a perfectly fine time doing whatever he wants against the Mox in Chattanooga. If he does end up struggling and Tommy DeVito has to do some stuff, then maybe things get interesting. But I would imagine that he's able to do pretty much what he's done all season against Chattanooga too. So I imagine Illinois scores, if not a lot of points, as many points as it needs, just based off the game flow to win this game pretty easy. 
where you're going to learn stuff if you're an Illini fan, I think, is on the defensive side of the ball. How good do they look there? What kind of point total do they give up at the end of the day? And, of course, it's a whole lot deeper than that as to how you actually played. So as far as what you're going to learn from this game, I don't think the offense ends up getting tested all that much. I don't think the defense gets tested that much either, but if you're asking me what I'm watching for, I would imagine that it's Chase Brown pretty much all day on offense, and I'm more interested in how good this Illini defense looks, or maybe more fitting, where the holes are against Chattanooga. That's a look at what we've got tonight in Big Ten football. Illinois and Chattanooga will, of course, go over what happens in that game on tomorrow's show. Also on tomorrow's show, we're going to get into a Minnesota-Michigan State preview with our two hosts from the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Sheen of Locked On Spartans is on. Also, Kane Robb from Locked On Golden Gophers will be on, too. They'll debate their sides as to who will win a big, big matchup here in the Big Ten. If it wasn't for Wisconsin-Ohio State, it would be one of the bigger ones of the season, if not the week. These two teams are both really good. They've been really good so far, but Michigan State coming off a bad loss last week. And out of the top 25, Minnesota has looked really, really good. But they have not been tested yet. This will be their first test of the season. So that's going to be fun to talk to them about that. Of course, we've got to talk about Wisconsin-Ohio State here right now. We're going to get into it with Jacob Rude. Does Wisconsin have any sort of chance here? And if it does, how does it get to a big upset win over the Buckeyes? We'll talk about that with Jacob here in just a minute on Locked On at Big Ten. Before any of that, though, when we get to things with Jacob, you need to know about Nugenics with Testofen. This is a new kind of product that is top-notch, top of the shelf, if you're looking for what exactly, well, we'll tell you a little more here. Getting older has changed your body, maybe. You're getting a little bit of a dad bod, feeling a little like less of your old self. You don't have time to work out, but you want the energy and body that you once had. You discover Nugenics and you feel revived, working out like you used to. If you can't get in shape, it's not your fault. As you age, it becomes harder to do. You can get the help with Nugenics. Want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofin will help you turn back the clock re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. This is a kind of product that, again, is one of the top shelf things out there. I mean, if okay, let me put it this way. If I'm somebody who, when I'm getting older, needs something like this, I want the best of the best. I want the one that's going to get the job done. Nugenics has it. With the test in there and Everything, of course, that you probably have heard of Nugenics before. You know they've been around for a while. This is something that can get the job done. If, again, you're looking to get through your workout and really just keep yourself healthy as you go into middle age, later age, and stuff like that. I'm not quite there yet. I don't really know all of the negative side effects, but I know that helping out with your workout, getting a little supplement there is huge to getting and maximizing the results, whether you're in your prime or, again, headed down the backstretch. Nugenics can help you out. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231231. You can text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231231. That's COLLEGE to 231231. 
1-800-522-4231. You're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making that Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. And joining us on the show today, Jacob Root, Locked On Hoosiers, familiar face and voice if you watch or listen to the show. I'm Nate Dickinson, and we're going to talk about Wisconsin-Ohio State here. Jacob, I was telling you beforehand, these two teams are not quite evenly matched, and we're going to get to that. But first, let's talk about uh, other maybe not so evenly matched matchup this weekend. Your Hoosiers are taking on Cincinnati. Yeah, it is going to be a, uh, I don't want to say reality check. Maybe we'll learn just how far off the pace IU probably is. They're 3-0, and which that's more wins than they had last season. Uh, that's a, a big positive, but um, they have not played well. And honestly, almost each of those games are a coin flip game in some regards. So uh, barring them playing a, a complete 60 minutes that they have not played uh, even close to this season uh, at Cincinnati at Cincinnati is going to be, uh, I guess a sort of barometer of just how far off the pace I use going to be. Um, there are ways. I mean, Cincinnati struggles with penalties and turnovers. There are ways where you could see Indiana having a foothold in the game, but uh, it would take a performance that they really haven't even come close to putting together. So uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if, if IU is in this one as close as they were last season, it, it might be a, a rough day for the Hoosiers on Saturday. We'll see how it goes. A lot of really good games on. So I don't know how much of that matchup I'm going to end up getting my eyes on. But of course, if the Hoosiers keep things close, then it'll, of course, get my attention. But we'll talk more about whatever happens there next week when we get to you, Jacob. Let's talk about the biggest game of the weekend in the Big Ten, which I guess actually arguable. But if you're talking about brand names and Big Ten teams, Wisconsin and Ohio State on each side of these two divisions in the conference are as good as you can get from the East and the West, and they meet up in the regular season this year. It's a huge spread for Ohio State. I think it was at like 17 maybe at the open or something like that, but it's a big number. That's the point. And I feel like the question that we have to ask is how can Wisconsin win this game? Because I've talked all last season. I've talked all off season. I've talked through the first weeks of this season about how Ohio State is just better than everybody else. And while we can go into each week and have that conversation whenever Ohio State plays a big game against a Big Ten team, I think it's a lot more fun to just kind of talk about, okay, what? how does Wisconsin pull off this upset? Because I don't think anyone's expecting that. Maybe they keep it close. Maybe it's an entertaining game. But I don't think anyone's expecting a Badger win here. I have numbers. I have things to try and make a case. But, I mean, just... If you're trying to, from the, I guess, widest lens, take a look at how does Wisconsin handle this thing? How? How does it happen? Well, I think they do a lot of things Wisconsin would be known for, which is dominate on the ground, really control the time of possession, just not let Ohio State have the ball. They can't score if they don't have the ball. So those kind of long, methodical drives that Wisconsin are known for, uh, they end in touchdowns. I mean, if, if you're looking for kind of the blueprint for an upset, it would be something like that where they're able to continue to to pound the ball on the ground and and find ways to just keep the ball and not and not make mistakes. Uh, turnovers are death nails in any upset bid. So um, it would be something along those lines. And then just defensively, um, 
watch a lot of the, the film from that Notre Dame game and, and uh, get a sense on, on how to slow Ohio State down. Uh, if you can force those three and outs paired with kind of long drives, then suddenly uh, things get real serious real quick. But uh, more than anything, I think it, it's going to be things along the lines of like controlling time of possession um, and and just hanging onto the ball and playing the way that Wisconsin kind of always plays um, for years and years now. What's the number of points that you think is the happy middle between it's a number that you think Wisconsin could legitimately hold Ohio state to while also being a number that you think Wisconsin can get to because it's a pretty small range there. I'm thinking like if Ohio state scores like 30 points, I think Wisconsin's defense would be extremely happy at the end of the day. And I'm still sitting there being like, I don't think Wisconsin can score 30 points against Ohio state, but that's where the possibility lies. That's like the number for me. Yeah, I was thinking like 28 points for Wisconsin's offense. And yeah, even then, um, holding Notre or not Notre Dame, excuse me, holding Ohio State to to that few points would be really, really impressive. Um it's probably in that kind of 28 to 35-ish range, somewhere in there, that is kind of that sweet spot. I don't even know if the window's that big, but um because that requires a lot of touchdowns from Wisconsin um, and really limiting Ohio state's offense, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, And I don't know that they can do both those things. So, and certainly if this gets into any kind of shootout, then you're going to be favoring Ohio state on that one. So it's a, it's a really tight window around that kind of 30, 30 point mark, I think. To that point, I think that when you're thinking about going into this game, you're not thinking about Ohio State only scoring around 30 points against Wisconsin. You're thinking about them getting a whole lot more. But when you're looking at what has happened in this matchup, let me just read it off to you. I had the stat here and I was going to point it out because obviously Wisconsin's defense needs to be really good. It is really good, I think. But that doesn't mean that Ohio State doesn't put up points. So I just went ahead and looked it up. Last four times these two teams have played, Ohio State scores 34 points, 38 points, 27 points, 30 points. So not terribly bad defensive games for the Badgers. It's obviously still a lot of points to try and keep up that. We can keep repeating that time after time. But in the last four times that these two teams have matched up, it's been all Ohio State wins. But it's also been not the greatest of offensive days comparatively for Ohio State when they face off against Paul Christ and Wisconsin. So if I'm trying to map the blueprint, obviously the foundation of it is Wisconsin's defense being great. And there's actually evidence that they could hold them to the number that we're talking about here, which again is 30. So it's not the most impressive or remarkable thing, but if they can slow down the game, like you mentioned, if they can keep this lower scoring, you said it's a lower scoring game that Wisconsin wins here. There is no sort of foot race in which the Badgers are able to knock out the Buckeyes. No way. Absolutely not. Uh, The other stat I had as far as just like, how does this happen? If I'm looking at what Ohio State's done so far, they've been great on offense, obviously. They've been great on defense. It's been a a little, little bit just sloppy with the discipline. Ohio State's averaging six penalties per game for about 55 yards per game. If those come at timely and opportune times for Wisconsin, that can be a difference maker. 
but it really is that kind of a thing that you kind of have to root for for Wisconsin to be able to pull this thing off. Let me look up one more thing for Ohio State as well. I wanted to look at the turnovers because you mentioned the turnovers too. And that's, uh, I mean, uh, everyone everyone has that old coach from whenever it was when you were growing up the saying whoever wins the turnover wins the game however many percent of the time it is. Ohio State's turnover margin is plus 0.3 so far. It's not terrible. It's not great, but it's around the middle. So if you get some turnover luck, if you get Ohio State being a little bit sloppy, which they have been at times this season, and if the defense is really, really good, I think you got a shot. I do want to ask you about what you mentioned about the Wisconsin run game, because that's obviously the strength. But Ohio State's defense has a pretty big strength stopping the run as well, too. I just don't feel like strength on strength is a way that Wisconsin wins here. I know that means you put the game in the hands of Graham Mertz, and that may not be how you win the game either. But I'm just thinking about it and being like, okay, if I'm looking at these two teams as a whole, if I'm trying to beat what Ohio State's good at, I'm not feeling good about it if I'm Wisconsin. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a debate of do you feel better at trying to do this kind of strength that you typically have of the run game versus putting the game in the hands of Graham Mertz? Uh, Even if it's going strength on strength with Ohio State, I think I'm I'm a proponent of kind of doing what you do best and and not always um, adjusting necessarily to not changing how you play, I guess, based on the opponent. If you're a good running team, then run the ball. Um, now Wisconsin, like has always been a good running team. It seems like so, uh, and so far this season, they they've been that. So, um, I, I, I certainly understand the argument. Ohio state is a good defensive team and good or good at, at stopping the run. Uh, I just don't, I, if it's a strength, I don't think you want to change kind of how you approach the game, uh, in a situation like this, I, I think you rely on kind of what got you there and um, you you pound the ball on the ground and, and see if you can out execute them. And if you can't, then then you gave it your best shot with kind of your best weapon. And I'd rather personally, I'd rather lose like that than kind of changing everything and trying this different strategy and having it kind of blow up in your face. So the Buckeyes allow just 2.6 yards per rush. That's 13th best in the nation. I agree with you in there. Plan A is always going to be the run, to run the ball for Wisconsin, and that's going to be how they start things out here on Saturday, no doubt. I guess more what I'm saying is that I think that Wisconsin may have to turn to leaning on Graham Mertz and passing and things like that maybe a little earlier than they would be comfortable with normally in a normal game because you can't fall behind to these Buckeyes like yeah. you would fall behind and be able to come back in to be – fair classic Wisconsin fashion in previous against other teams. It's just not the same as when you're doing it against Ohio state, you know, if you give up that those points and have that kind of a deficit, it's a good chance that even if you start scoring the ball, you're not going to catch up. I just don't see a way for them. I mean, all right, all right. Let let me say it this way. Everyone's going to have to be really good. Okay. Let's just, Graham Mertz is going to have to be really good. Offensive line is going to have to be really good. Running game is going to have to be really good. That's the gist of all of this, but I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what is the roadmap to getting that done? I feel like the first mistake I think Wisconsin's going to make in losing this game is that they don't get away from the run game as soon as they probably should. 
Yeah, that I would understand. And yeah. and to your point, I mean, if you're a almost a 20 point underdog, yeah, everybody's going to have to be good. You're going to have to have to have all these things break your way. Um, but yeah, the Wisconsin isn't a team that's ever been really built to play from behind and especially against a, a high power offense like Ohio state has. So um, if they fall behind early and, and don't immediately kind of catch up when it's a, a seven point game uh, and it quickly becomes a 14 or 17 or 21 point game, then yeah, yeah, I think it might be all she wrote real quick in this one because just Wisconsin's not ever been really built to play catch up and they, they're a team that's built to play from ahead um and so yeah i i i agree that maybe they do go i go to graham mertz a little bit more and, and maybe diversify things just a little bit to um and if that happens and they need to respond quickly to a score i could see that yeah certainly and it's going to take things like that to a degree um to pull off an upset like this you're going to need guys playing the best football that they have of their careers to be able to to overcome almost a three touchdown kind of deficit from the start basically i think the moral of the story is that these aren't good arguments we're making it's yeah. not supposed to be the a good argument is not there ohio state is much more talented than what wisconsin has on the football field what they've shown outside of just you know what the talent and what the experts say on the field suggests that Ohio State is going to roll here in this matchup. But it's the Big Ten. And when you're playing in this conference, you're going to have, when you have this matchup, guys on the Badgers who are stepping up for this game like it's the biggest game of their life. It is the biggest game in their life for a lot of those guys, I'm sure. And it's going to be on the national stage and all that good stuff combined together means that maybe we get that upset here this weekend. But if I'm looking at just X's and O's, I'm not seeing any sort of way that this stays within two possessions. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if it did. I mean, um, we've said it all year, and I think the way the the Big Ten has played, or a lot of the Big Ten, especially the the West Division through the first couple of weeks of the season, I think Ohio State's a, at least one level above everyone else and maybe multiple levels above everyone else. Uh, in the Big Ten this season. So uh, it's them in Michigan and then I think everybody else. And um, this might be the example of that because Wisconsin is probably the best team in the West. And they're going I, – I would imagine they're going to win by multiple scores. So I think that will show kind of the golf in the two uh, divisions. Let's touch on that before you go, Jacob. Who's the best team in the West right now to you? I mean, you said Wisconsin, but, I, I mean, where are you at with where the West is? it's it's an absolute mess uh it's a toss-up i guess i guess i ask because i disagree i would put minnesota at that top spot right now yeah that's probably fair uh i i was basing the wisconsin part of, on reputation a little bit i mean minnesota yeah, certainly yeah. has not done anything wrong to to not be that top team they're undefeated um i guess it's a matter of who they've played almost and and um that they haven't really played anyone yet i guess we'll find out this week against Michigan state uh, because I, even as much as Michigan state struggled last week, if Minnesota wins that one, then yeah, then they probably deserve that top spot in the West. But I mean, you could make an argument for, for them, for Wisconsin. I don't know that I'd make the Iowa argument yet, but it's kind of a toss up on that side of the, of the, or on the West side of the conference. And 
it's a mess looking over there right now. I think Minnesota has earned the reputation over the last few years here. It's not, of course, Wisconsin's reputation, but I think PJ Flex done a decent enough job building that program that when you see him have those three games that are really good in a row, you can be like, okay, I think this team's at least pretty good here. But we'll see what happens. Minnesota has its own big game this weekend. That'll be its first test of the season two against Michigan State. Uh, Jacob, thanks as always for joining us here on the program to talk about this it's not the most optimistic of conversations trying to figure <laughs> out how Wisconsin's going to beat Ohio State, but it's the one that everybody is trying to have. I mean, to be quite honest, Big Ten fan, I mean, I know everyone's individual team really doesn't want Ohio State winning all the time, but uh, we're running out of teams that are really good here in this conference. So I'm kind of hoping that Ohio State maybe stays on the top a little bit longer. I know that may not be the most popular opinion among our listeners, but we'll, of course, see what ends up happening. It's going to be a whole lot of fun no matter what. Jacob here with Locked On Hoosiers every weekday with us here on Locked On Big Ten once a week. Thanks, Jacob, for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Looking forward to it.